In our text, we find that these creatures and these elders are bowing before the Lord God Almighty and casting out their crowns. And this is to be the way we worship God. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Today we are once again going to talk about the end times and Bible prophecy here on In Grace. I'm Jim Scudder, and you're listening to a series called Armageddon's Dawn. Uh, when you hear the word Armageddon, certainly you think of things that are a little bit scary, eerie, uh, frightful. I know I do, because the Bible describes this battle of Armageddon, this war of Armageddon that happens at the end of the tribulation period in the book of Revelation as something that is is horrible. The armies of the world are gathered against God and there's this final epic battle between good and evil. Of course, God wins and I hope you're on his side. I'm gonna talk about that at the end, but today we're gonna to talk more about the throne room of God, the scene of worship, the the four creatures we've been talking about that lead the worship, the, uh, the different people around the throne, including, I believe, the saints, the New Testament saints, bringing glory and worship to an almighty, holy God. And so I'm excited once again to talk about this and talk about seven things about worship. We have to be very careful about worship. And, and I'm going to give you seven things that I think will tie in with proper worship that we can find out here in the book of Revelation in, in Revelation chapter four. Uh, I'm also excited because we are now at a new time on one of the major networks that carries in grace for years. We've been on American Family Radio. I really appreciate the American Family Association and their radio stations uh, for broadcasting in grace, for doing all the good work that they do for America. But now, and we've been on in the evenings for a long time, which has been great, but now we're on in the mornings at 11.30 Central Time. And so if you're listening to one of the American Family Radio stations at our new time, let us know, and we'd love to hear that American Family Radio is a blessing to you. We also have a free prophecy chart for you if you'd like to follow along visually with this sermon series that we're in right now, contacting Grace by calling 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE grace, or you can go right now to our website, ingraceradio.com. That's ingraceradio.com. And then we have around the throne, we have 24 elders. These 24 elders are dressed in white and on their head, they have these crowns of gold coming from the throne. We have lightnings and thunder and voices. Before the throne of God, we have the seven spirit, the seven manifolds of the spirit of God. And they are in the, in the lamp of fire. By the way, if you remember last time, we told you how each of these features that we see in this heavenly throne room scene, maybe the, we could call it the heavenly temple, we see the correlation in the earthly temple. If you remember, the tabernacle, the temple of Israel, had these features. It had this, this presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. You saw the cherubim over the Ark of the Covenant in the temple and the tabernacle. And here we have these, 
winged creatures representing all of creation, worshiping the Lord God. The sevenfold manifestation of the Spirit, the fire representing the menorah in the tabernacle. We have this sea of glass like crystal, reflective, beautiful, representing the bronze laver as the priests would go in to purify themselves before God. We have this beautiful scene of heaven. And let us then look at Revelation 4, verse 8. It says this, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy. That word is hagios. Holy. We find this a perfect word to represent God in his triunity. Holy, holy, holy. He is perfect. He is pure in three dimensions, in the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Did you know that 20 times in Revelation, those followers of Jesus Christ are called saints, and that word in the original is hagios? In other words, we are called set apart. We are called holy. We aren't holy because we still have sin, but we have the righteousness of Christ if we have believed in Jesus. When God sees us, he sees the holiness of Jesus. And we are called saints. It's not just reserved for certain people that did certain miraculous things, as some churches teach. But the saint of the Bible is every believer. We are all set apart ones to be in the service of God, to call him holy, for he is holy. And then we have Lord God Almighty. You need to do some study of the Old Testament. You'll find that God Almighty was a common reference to God. But then you have the Lord God Almighty. You have the one that came and personally came to ensure that all of us could be bought back to him. Lord God Almighty, a word that denotes the triune deity of God. He is almighty. There is no one like him. There are no limitations on him. And then we also see was and is and is to come. We see triune eternality. We see there that he's not limited by time. He is outside of time. And I love that because here in Revelation, he's predicting the future. How does he know the future? Because he is and was and is to come. Past, present, and future. And aren't you glad you serve a God that knows tomorrow? Because that gives us certain assurances that he cares and that he'll help us with the future. We can be so worried about the future, but we don't need to be. And let's quickly go through, and you think, how can you possibly uh, still try to get through these seven points of worship. Well, we're going to go through it quickly. Number one, worship should be continuous. This is what we find here in the throne room, this throne room scene. Continuous worship. Some people think worship should just be part of the music service, and if there's not music, it's not worship. That's not true. And in a service, this is worship. We're speaking the words from the Holy Scripture. We're speaking the words of God. This is worship. 
singing is worship, listening to singing is worship, preaching is worship, listening to preaching is worship. You are worshiping the Lord. That's why it's so important for us to not be thinking about lunch or the rest of the day or the problems at work or the problems at home when we're bringing our whole thoughts before the Lord in our service. But let us never think that our service is just the only time we should worship, for worship needs to be all the time, not just on Sundays, not just Sundays at a certain time, but all week long, worshiping, worshiping. How do we worship? We worship in three ways. Just like God is a triunity, God has created so many things in three. You have, in all creation, you can see three in one. In us, we have mind, we have soul, and we have the body. We have to offer our mind, withdrawing our thoughts from the business of the world, and worship the Lord. We have our our heart, the, the seat of our emotions, that we can bring forth our emotions to the Lord, our praise to recall his goodness and to give our devotion to him in earnestness for his love toward us. And then our body, the offering of our body. In our text, we find that these creatures and these elders are bowing before the Lord God Almighty and casting out their crowns. And this is to be the way we worship God, the whole person, the body, the heart, the mind. One person has said it this way, broadly it may be regarded as the direct acknowledgement to God, to his nature, attributes, ways, and claims, whether by outgoing of our heart for praise, but also by deed done. So don't ever think of worship as just bringing our heart and our, our mind and our mouth of praising the Lord, but it's also the things that we do. This is continuous worship. I'll show you another scene that one artist has given of this worship, of what this might have looked like. It says in verse 9 of Revelation chapter 4, And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. Look at this scene of these 24 elders casting their crowns. It's as if they are saying, you gave me a crown, and the Bible talks about rewards for faithfulness, and all of you that work so hard, I believe that you will be rewarded, and it'll be a glorious thing, but you're gonna say, I don't deserve this, because you alone are worthy. We need to be living our lives every day and saying, I want to worship the Lord with my life. Do you remember what it, in 1 Samuel 15, 22, it tells us that to obey is better than sacrifice? To obey the Lord, this is the way we worship the Lord with our life. Don't ever think it's just a Sunday morning music thing. Worshiping the Lord is all the time and it's continuous and it involves all of us, all of the, the individual The worship, number two, belongs to one. They're only worshiping one. They're only casting crowns before one. The devil has worked hard. The devil is Lucifer, created being. God created the devil. The devil was filled with 
pride and fell and was there in the garden and was part of the fall of mankind. And the devil goes to Jesus in Matthew 4. We call this the temptation of Jesus. Just after he was baptized, he went into the wilderness. Matthew 4, verse 9, it says, The devil said unto Jesus, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. The devil is trying to replace God in your worship. You say, no, that can never happen. I would never worship the devil, but do you ever worship anything other than God? Do you worship your job? Do you worship your family? Do you worship money? Do you worship prestige and position? You say, well, I don't mean to. No, we don't mean to, but we do. And anytime our worship is misdirected, we're in essence listening to the devil. Worship belongs to only one. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. If you want to learn more about the Bible's end time prophecies, In Grace and Pastor Jim Scudder have great resources that will help you. First, we have a large prophecy chart that we will send you absolutely free. And when you give a gift of any amount, you'll also receive our eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, filmed in Israel. This series will give you a visual experience that will transport you to the very places mentioned in Revelation. We also would like to send you Pastor Jim's entire 43-sermon audio series, Armageddon's Dawn, on CD or MP3 for gifts of $30. Don't miss out on this opportunity to enrich your understanding of biblical prophecy. Contact In Grace today at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Get your free prophecy chart and unlock the secrets of the end times today. How we grieve him when we worship these other things. We're robbing the Lord God Almighty of what is due him. Number three, worship should be united. Not just the body, soul, and mind. So we are united in worship, but we should be united in worship. Every creature in the throne room scene is worshiping one God. Let us be united in worshiping and let us be united in working for the Lord and let us be united in witnessing for the Lord. United together. It's beautiful when a church is going the same direction. And I thank God for that unity. Number four, worship should be around the throne conscience of the immediate presence of God. The Bible says those that have received the gift of eternal life have the Spirit of God in us. God is here today. When we worship God, we're worshiping in the presence of God. The Bible says when two or three are gathered in his name, he is here. So I hope today as we sang those songs of worship, we realize that we are singing before the throne even today. Let's keep that in mind as we go about our lives, that God's presence is here. Our worship, number five, should be all-absorbing. We shouldn't be worrying about those personal things that we need to do or that place that we need to be. Spurgeon said the happiest days of his life were spent worshiping God. That's where real joy will come from. Number six, worship should be with knowledge. Somebody said you can't worship a blank. We need to know the God that we worship, and that's why we need to know this book. There's many 
religions and denominations within Christianity that it's all about written prayers and ritual. And you never get to know this book. You never are encouraged to read it yourself. We ought to read this ourselves. We have access to this. You say, well, it's so confusing. Revelation can be explained easily if, with a little bit of study. And the Bible says the Spirit of God will help you as we try to understand this incredible book. If we don't know the book, we won't have the proper knowledge of God, and therefore we can't bring him appropriate worship. And then last, worship gives. So many people say, Pastor Scudder, uh, I want to go to some church so I can worship and I get this great feeling out of worship. And it is true, when we truly worship the Lord, we do get a great feeling. But if we're out to get something in worship, we're not worshiping. Worship is about giving. Giving to the Lord. Giving to those that God wants us to give toward. They cast their crowns. They gave what God gave them back to God. Napoleon conquered the known world. And he ordered the Pope to attend his coronation. And it was traditional for the Pope to put the crown on the king. But Napoleon said, since I have conquered the world myself, he will be in the presence of my coronation, but I will be the one putting the crown on my own head. This scene has no place in the throne room scene of heaven. Because it is not us who deserve anything. It is us who should be giving him everything. This is worship. Are you casting crowns now? Are you going to wait until glory? Or maybe we should be doing it now. Maybe we should be saying, I want to give in worship to a God who has given me so many things. There's this interesting story of a historian named Roger Babson. About 100 years ago, he traveled to South America, and the president of Argentina asked him a question, and this is interesting. He said to the historian Roger Babson, he said, you're a student of history. Would you please tell me why South America, with unlimited resources, and having been settled earlier than North America, has made slower progress in civilization and material prosperity? That's a loaded question, isn't it? And so wisely, Mr. Babson threw the question back at the president of Argentina. He said, well, obviously you've studied this question. What do you think? <laughs> it's a great way to answer, by the way. So the president said, that he thought the explanation might lie in the fact that South America was settled by Spaniards who came seeking gold, while North America was settled by pilgrim fathers seeking God. I don't know any of that. I don't know why this and that. I'm not saying one thing or the other. All I'm saying is, if you're seeking gold, you may or may not find gold. But if you're seeking God and worshiping God, you found something far more valuable than gold. And if that's our heart and that's what we're here to do, hopefully you've received God's love by faith in Jesus Christ. But then every day, may it be a day of worship 
Not just on Sunday, not just during the song service, but every day casting our crowns, casting those things that we used to think is so important. We're saying, no, the most important thing is knowing God, bringing him glory for he deserves it. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is holy, holy, holy. He is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. May we be worshipful in our lives every day and every moment. Have you found God? So many people are trying to find God. We are sinners. We have sin. We can't get rid of it ourselves. Jesus was sinless. He became sin on the cross. You see what happened? This is 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he, which is God, hath made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin to be made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that incredible? That's what your creator did for you, the creature that rebelled in pride and went against him. He showcased his love to say, I love you so much. I don't want to abandon you. I don't want to be separated from you for eternity. I want to showcase my glory and my love. And so he paid that ultimate price on the cross. And by receiving that, by trusting in Jesus as your only hope, you have eternal life. You say, well, what if I sin? You're going to. He has you. Our salvation is not dependent upon us, upon our works. It's dependent upon faith, trust in the one that did all the work for us on the cross. Worship him. Love him. Bring him praise and glory with your life, with your mouth, with your thoughts. I hope that what we've heard today will change our lives. And if you've never received that free gift of eternal life, do it right now. Do it right now because the Bible says there is judgment to come. And if you have never believed that Jesus died for you and, and risen again, you can do it right now. You can say something like this. I am a sinner, Lord. I, I accept that. I understand that. But I believe right now that Jesus paid for my sin. I, I believe that he came, God came in, in the flesh and, and lived perfect and died for my sin. I put my trust in Jesus. And when you make that decision to put your faith in the one who died on the cross and rose again, the Bible says you're instantaneously saved. What does that mean? That means you're born again. Just like when you're born into the world, you're born. You, there's no such thing as unborn. And also, it, the Bible says you pass from death to life. You have been given right now everlasting life. You're in the hand of Almighty God. And although we might falter, he will not. He will not let you go. That's good news. And that's what in grace is all about. We don't want to scare you with Armageddon's dawn and the study of Revelation without giving you hope because there is hope in the hope is in Jesus. And so we are going to continue our study of Armageddon's dawn starting again on Monday. Tomorrow, listen for part three of the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple, my series where I went to Israel and Jerusalem to talk about the prophetic truth of rebuilding the temple. And there's a movement there today where they want to do that. To get your free Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart, just call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. This will be a really good resource for you to have as we go through this series in the next months. It's free. 
just call us or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. The number again is 1-800-78-GRACE. And then when you call us or go to our website, look for the Armageddon's Dawn video series. It's a beautiful eight-part, really, really well-done video series about Bible prophecy with great Bible teachers, uh, prophecy teachers on there. And we also have a lot of pictures of what it's going to look like in the end times. And we also have the Armageddon's Dawn audio series. That's an extensive 43-part series. But these will totally equip you to really understand the end times and Bible prophecy. The number again is 1-800-78-GRACE. The website is ingraceradio.com. Are you ready for an end times journey of biblical proportions? Get the stunning Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart for free. Or give any amount and receive the incredible Armageddon's Dawn 8-part video series. Plus, you can order the 43-part audio preaching series. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.